Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining the afternoon get down on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Chad, I don't believe in coincidences. That's why I believe that you're here today, and Harry Douglas is not here today, after the Braves got the full beating out of them last night. In Game 3 versus Philadelphia, it is no coincidence that Harry Douglas said he had to travel for college game day with Oregon and Washington about to play this Saturday. Now, last week, Shannon had his colonoscopy twice. He had the Giants colonoscopy, <laughs> then he had his own personal That's right. colonoscopy. That's right. And now we got Harry dodging as well. What's exactly. up with that, man? Yeah, just Shannon, say something for yourself. I, I don't want you to speak for Harry because that's just asking way too much as far as that goes. But come on now, you know, what, what's up with you guys? Your teams have tough losses, then you duck out in the next day show? What's going on there? At least I was asleep for my colonoscopy. <laughs> I can't say the same for the Giants. well the Braves were awake for that colonoscopy last night from the Philadelphia Phillies as far as that goes because that's all about when it comes to the main thing 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 with Freddie and Harry the storyline Chad wasn't the fact that the Phillies are now one game away from going to the National League Championship Series where the Arizona Diamondbacks await oh we're going to talk about the Dodgers follies in about five minutes when it comes to the National League playoffs but the big story was that Orlando Aricia, the day before, the game before, after Bryce Harper ran the Phillies out of that game, they were up 4 nothing. They lose that game 5-4. to four, And basically he said in the clubhouse that, yeah, yeah, attaboy Bryce. Well, then Bryce got that attaboy at him. Arcia said, and you know what, let's let him speak for himself. Did you intend for it to get back to Harper when you saw uh, that? No uh, he, he wasn't supposed to hear. That's why we were celebrating. That was why we were uh, talking in the clubhouse. Aresia, if they're in the clubhouse and you run their mouth, they're going to hear it. And if you don't tell them not to report it, they're going to report it when it comes to the media. If you didn't want them or the media, meaning them, I'm talking about the Philadelphia Phillies, to hear it, well, you say it only where your team could hear it. And if your team had won, we know this, Chad. There's no way that Orlando would be blaming the media for the fact that maybe apparently the Atlanta Harry Douglases can't beat the Philadelphia Phillies when it comes to the playoffs in the National League. Why would you fire up Bryce Harper? I, well, that's I don't understand story. this. <laughs> Sean Payton, why would you fire up the entire Jets organization? <laughs> Orlando Arcia, why would you fire up Bryce Harper in the Phillies? Bryce, uh-huh. when, when Bryce Harper, I saw the picture of Bryce Harper in pregame wearing the Colorado Buffaloes gear oh, to yeah. the game. Oh, yeah. That means it's personal. That is the new sports sign that it is personal. Bryce Harper made it personal, took it out on them uh, with the two home runs. Yeah, don't don't fire up your opponent. Don't give them any extra motivation, particularly in a playoff series. They're not going to need it, but they're also going to take it personal and take it out on you. 
Hey, Orlando. Shut up! That's what you should have taken that whole tact as far as that goes because the last thing you need, or to your point, Chad, about the last thing you need to do anything in a series where you had to call it a comeback to even get a chance to have a chance to make this a 1-1 series, and then you allow a guy that loves playing in the playoffs, loves playing in Philadelphia, and when it comes to Bryce Harper, you know that he's going to hear everything. It's a super competitive game that we play, and, uh, you know, from both sides of the ball, and I enjoy um, – commentary and things and like I said you know I listen to WIP and um, you hear a lot of stuff on there as well at times and I just enjoy it it's it's why it's a part of the reason why we play this game and uh, there's nothing like it Um, everybody's competitive that we play against and um, I just really enjoy those moments and and the opportunity to play this game and have those moments was there any motivation I mean, anytime anybody says something, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. Did you enjoy staring them down? Yeah, I mean, I stared right at him. Hey, there you go. See, Bryce Harper did something that a lot of people didn't think athletes do in this day and age. He was up front and said, oh, yeah, I heard it. Oh, yeah, I was motivated. And I let the brother know, not once but twice, with the first home run that landed in Delaware and then the second home run that landed in the state of Florida. He's like, yeah, you're going to run your mouth after I had a base running blunder? All right. But now I'm giving it back to you, not once but twice. And then you're going to pull, well, the media hadn't been in the clubhouse. He wouldn't have heard what we had to say. Really, that's what we're doing with the Atlanta Braves? Really? That's where we're going? Yeah, yeah. You know what? There's a a certain old man in me, I'm 53 years old, that Uh says, oh, let's have some sportsmanship. Let's have this, let's have that. (laughs) But that, which is interesting because on the field where I trash talked with the best of them, there was no sportsmanship. I'm talking, you know, hey, you say something, I might talk about your mom out there. You know what I mean? It's going to get personal. (laughs) It's going to get ugly. So now this part of sports culture is becoming public. Uh You know, you got Shador Sanders showing off his watch to the fans at ASU. This is a new thing. And in some ways, uh, I actually kind of like it because – all this trash talk on one side that you're not supposed to respond to. No, I'm going to kick your butt, and I'm going to respond and say, yeah, I heard it. It motivated me, and that's why I did it, dude. What you got to say now? Who's the best trash talker you encountered in the NFL? Ooh, man. Uh, gosh, there's, some, there's some good ones. Uh-huh. Uh, now, typically the quarterbacks don't talk a lot of trash right. because they recognize, you know, as me as the pass rusher, I had the physical advantage <laughs> there. They, they have to worry about being the hitty instead of the hitter. <laughs> I, I, will, I will give you one that won't surprise you. All right. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, when he was with the Broncos, mm-hmm. when I was with the Seahawks, right. and the Seahawks were back in the old AFC West, and we played each other twice a year. At one point, he told me, we were playing in Seattle, he's like, Chad, after this game, I'm going to your reptile store, and I'm burning it down. <laughs> <laughs> what was your response when he said that? It was it was so out of context and so <laughs> shocking to me. It was on my mind for the rest of the game. He yeah. p- he penetrated <laughs> my my in, my shield of invincibility, and as soon as the game was over, I had to call somebody in Colorado and be like, "Hey man, make sure you go to the store tonight and send a sharpen his people. Don't burn my store down." You, do you still own that store, by the way? Uh, no, I, I, you know you I got rid I, of it. I, I closed the store about uh, fifteen years ago. Oh, yeah. you did? Wow. Yes. <laughs> I, not for nothing. I give Shannon Sharp a lot of credit. There's homework, and then there's acing the homework. 
He aced the homework in that situation with you. Oh, he crushed it. The detail, man. I was not prepared for that. I'm used <laughs> to some football trash talk. I'm about to crush you. You ain't going to do nothing today. Right. All the basic, generic, cliche football trash talk. Uh-huh. I'm going and I'm burning your store down tonight. <laughs> you didn't want to kill him? <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> no, you won't? <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? Could you repeat that oh one more time? Chad is <laughs> Wait, hold on, Chad. You got a reptile store? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I owned a retail reptile really? store. That, Pro Exotics Reptiles was the name okay, of that store. Then let us know what kind of reptiles out there. What was part of the Chad Brown reptile experience? Everybody wants to know. All right. So, you know, I've been known as a snake guy for a long time. Got my first snake as a freshman at the University of Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, put some money in my pocket in the NFL and built a reptile breeding business. Okay. Once I got that big money from the sea. Seahawks. Uh-huh. I opened up a retail reptile store here in Denver, Colorado, right. uh, and I sold all the appropriate pet species of reptiles, boas, pythons, corn snakes, rat snakes, all types of lizards and geckos, frogs, turtles, tortoises, all the feeders, mice, rats, and crickets and roaches and all those kind of things. Uh-huh. It was a full-service reptile store. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You are a brave soul, man. I, I know somebody <laughs> said they're going to burn down my place of business. We might have had to fight on that field. I give you a lot of credit for not going after him as far as that goes. Wow. The things you learned on Freddie and Harry. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas today. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Join the conversation anytime you want. Hit us up anytime you want. The Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. So we got that out the way when it comes to the Braves, when it comes to the media, blaming the media. By the way, we're going on until 730 tonight. And then after that, game four of that series involving the Braves and Phillies, 730 Eastern time on all these ESPN radio stations. But we do have a little football tonight. Because in your place of business, we're used to own the reptile store, but now it's just the place that are business, the Broncos. Snakes have been eating up everybody with the Denver Broncos. They're trying to break a 15-game losing streak to the Kansas City Chiefs tonight at Arrowhead Stadium. Good luck with that with a Chiefs team that may be finding their stride as far as that goes. But if you're the Denver Broncos, it, it, there seems to be a lot of fingers being pointed, whether it's pointing fingers at Sean Payton, pointing fingers at Russell Wilson, pointing fingers at the defense. I'll throw it at you, Chad. You live in that city. You live in that state. You know how Broncos country really, really is. Who would you blame for this start right now, this lack of success by the Denver Broncos? Is it Sean Payton, the head coach? Is it Russell Wilson, the quarterback? Or is it somebody else? We all saw Russell Wilson coming last year to a lot of fanfare and then fall completely flat. The worst year of his career. He was awful. He was tone deaf, saying, you know, Broncos country, let's ride after third loss in a row. So it was as ugly for Russell Wilson as it possibly could have been. Now this year, Russell Wilson has been better. Not great, but he has been better. So I I need to give him his deserved credit for that. Now, just because you're better doesn't mean you are the best quarterback on the field. While you are performing better than what you did last year, every single week this year, no matter who the Broncos have played, Russell Wilson has been outperformed Mm -hmm. by the other quarterback. And it's not like a bunch of uh, great quarterbacks on the other sideline. Zach Wilson for the Jets. Justin mm. Fields for the Bears. Now, Tua, that made sense. They put up 70 on your defense. Uh, but Sam Howell with the Washington Commanders, he was the better quarterback in that game. Jimmy Garoppolo was the better quarterback on week one, and then lost to the Raiders. So, right. Russell Wilson been better, but been outplayed. But he is not the reason why the Broncos are losing. Okay. This is a Sean Payton 
situation. Sean Payton has been awful to the local media. He's created a sense of distrust, I think, within that locker room for the local media. He has put his foot in his mouth, as evidenced by the comments last week about Nathaniel Hackett, in some ways Robert Saul and that entire Jets organization. So he has put bulletin board material mm-hmm. on the other team's bulletin board. Your job as a coach is to help your team play better, not help the other team right. play better. So this is a Sean Payton thing where the Broncos are, not a Russell Wilson thing. And not for nothing, you look at the numbers of Russell Wilson. He has not played as bad as people want to put it out there when it comes to Russell Wilson because it can be very easy, and especially when we saw last week against the New York Jets where after the game, before the game was over, but it was all said and done at the fumbles of football, after Quincy Williams forced that fumble, Bryce Hall takes and runs back the other way, and they had that kind of exchange in the sidelines where Sean Payton was giving it to him, and Russell Wilson turned around. You could tell he had enough of that. He just turned around, took off his own look at him, as to say, like, bleep you, man. I'm not the one out here having a defense giving up these kind of points. I'm out here doing the best I can with an offense that can't protect me. I'm doing everything that you want me to do, and nothing is working out. Everybody wants to immediately point that finger at Russell Wilson because he's low-hanging fruit. Never mind the fact he's completed close to 67% of his passes. He has 11 touchdowns and two interceptions. If we put those numbers next to a Lamar Jackson, to a Zach Wilson, to a Kirk Cousins, we're not having a conversation that Russell Wilson, this is your fault. But he's become the likable, unlikable fall guy because he's the easiest mark when you're a Denver Broncos fan or anybody in the NFL who thinks that Russell Wilson is too bland, he's too corny, and he doesn't have a championship pedigree, even though he has as many championships as Sean Payton does as a head coach. So he's a very easy guy to throw darts at compared to guy Sean Payton, because as far as I'm concerned, Chad, he doesn't know what to do when it comes to Sean Payton. He doesn't know what to do with this team. He can't wait to start with players he believes in because he knows that not just Russell Wilson, but his message has not gotten through to the rest of this Broncos team. Oh, it definitely has not. And this, this team, we always use the word team when we're talking about somebody, but a team, in my opinion, is something that's come together in some way. Mm-hmm. This team, this group of guys have not come together, and now you have the added uh, distraction of Randy Gregor being traded uh, last week to the 49ers. Now Frank Clark is on his way out. The fire sale has begun. So Sean Payton's job has gotten all that much more difficult because the statement that he put out that we're not looking to get rid of any of our players, now the very next day the Frank Clark departure is now being talked about. So uh, his message is being undermined. He has no credibility. Uh, He's put bulletin board on the other team's bulletin board for motivation. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this Sean Payton era here in Denver is off to an awful start. But to your point, for this year, for this season, for this Broncos start, Russell Wilson does not deserve the blame. It's a Sean Payton thing this year. Who's the blame for the Denver demise so far at the beginning of the year? A 1-4 football team trying to find any way possible to be the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. Let us know. On Freddie and Harry with Chad Brown, if a Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman at Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Broncos off to this kind of start. Who is to blame? Is it just one guy, Sean Payton, another guy, Russell Wilson, or somewhere else? 888-729-3776. It's going to be interesting once this season is over, Chad, because you pointed out some, something before we got started today. You believe it's one in Denver, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton together in Denver. This, there's not going to be a sequel. There's not going to be a Iron Man 2 this is just Iron Man 1, and that's going to be it involving these two together in the Denver Broncos organization. The Broncos are going to have to tear this thing down to the studs, and that includes Russell Wilson moving on from him with that huge quarter-billion-dollar contract. Mm-hmm. They've got to find a way to get some draft picks, 
get their salary cap correct. They had to give up a draft pick to get Sean Payton. They had to give up draft picks to get Russell Wilson. They've made expensive mistakes. Frank Clark's not necessarily expensive, but Randy Gregor was an expensive mistake. Right. And they're paying those salaries when these guys are going to be playing for somebody else. So I'm thinking they're going to be looking to get out from underneath Russell Wilson after this season. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a bit of a cap hit and sacrifice they're going to have to make to pull it off. If they release him after June 1st, right. the 2024 dead cap hit will be 35 plus million Oof. and and there'll be 49 going into the 2025 Oof. uh cap so there'll be a price to pay for this russell wilson mistake there's a price to pay with draft picks now there'll be a salary cap price to pay but i think if you're going to tear this thing down to the studs and move on russell wilson has to be included in that process well put it this way if that happens according to you we know sean payton has a place to play and a place to coach next year but russell wilson i got nowhere else to go he may not have any other, <laughs> anywhere else to go the body his NFL future, especially once this 2023 season is over. Jason in South Dakota at 888-729-3776. Jason, Broncos off the 1-4 start. A lot of people believe they won't be Kansas City tonight kicking off week six in the NFL. Who's to blame in Denver for where they are right now? Well, I think the easy answer is Peyton or Russell Wilson, but I think the obvious answer is Vance Joseph. Now, it is uh, Sean Payton has come in, and this offense – was horrendous last year. I think what was it, 17 points a game we were averaging? He actually gave us a pulse. Uh, Russell Wilson looks like the old Russell Wilson under Sean Payton. Vance Joseph has gotten this defense pretty much the same roster as last year. We were a top five defense last year. We are the laughing stock of the NFL right now with pretty much the same guys. And I I have to say it's on him. Okay. I wonder with this, not saying you're wrong there, Jason, South Dakota, by the way, appreciate the call. But I wonder how much Vance Joseph is putting in a defense that Sean Payton wants him to put in that does not fit the personnel that happened with this football team last year. Not saying that Vance Joseph, Chad, is a bad defensive coordinator, but it's a little bit of a different play when it comes to the defense this year in terms of scheme, schematics, and everything else compared to last year because it seems to me they're not running the same things that made them a successful defense even though the offense was less than stellar in 2022. Let's take a little deeper dive at this. And I think Jason, the caller, was correct. Vance Joseph certainly deserves some blame. But the Broncos' offense last year was so poor. If you are an opposing team to the Denver Broncos and you're going to play the Broncos, you know if you put up 17 points, you've got this game won. This Broncos' offense can't do that. Now this year they're scoring at a much higher level. So the opposing teams – are dialing up a more detailed game plan. Mm -hmm. They're going to stick with their game plan longer. They're not just going to play conservatively like so many of those opposing teams did last year. So this Vance Joseph defense certainly is underperforming, but I think from a play-calling standpoint on the other sideline, there's a stark difference between the approach they had last year playing this Broncos defense and the approach they have this year. And that approach this year is let's light them up because this – Broncos offense can actually score some points this year. We can't hold back. Last year, opposing teams were definitely holding back. Sweet Loretta in Connecticut. Loretta, who's to blame for the Broncos' early demise so far? Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, or somebody else? I think it's a combination of of the defense, which is not good. Vance Joseph, um, maybe a little bit of Russell, but I I put most of it on Sean Payton. um, And I think the ownership, I mean, I I don't think they just really looked into just Russell, who he is and who he was at Seattle, just, I mean, the type of player that he was, and then looking at Sean Payton, the type of coach that he was with Drew Brees all those years, and I don't know how they thought that two was going to work, those two were going to work. It's I, a, Loretta, it's a great point that she raises because I'm sure a lot of people say, well, Sean Payton has success 
with a guy like Drew Brees, even though Drew Brees and Russell Wilson aren't similar in terms of the way they play quarterback, but they're similar in stature. And I wonder how much of the Denver Broncos said, well, we paid a lot of money for this guy and Russell Wilson to be the quarterback to pry him for Seattle. Now we're bringing a coach who has success coaching a shorter quarterback and made allow Drew Brees to become a Hall of Famer in that Saints offense. They, not saying they sold themselves, Chad, a bill of good, goods, but I thought Loretta in Connecticut made the proper point. You got to really do your homework to say, well, we paid a lot of money for that quarterback. Is this the kind of coach he needs to justify throwing out that money at Russell Wilson's feet, putting that in his bank account, thinking he's going to be a lot more successful than in his final years in Seattle? If any of the football people inside the Broncos organization thought that bringing Sean Payton in was going to turn Russell Wilson into Drew Brees, then I've got to doubt their football acumen. To your point, completely different quarterbacks other than the fact that they are shorter quarterbacks. Playing style, accuracy, passing game prowess, escapability in the pocket. There's so many differences between those guys. But in the end, the best part of Drew Brees' game was his processing ability. Russell Wilson's never really been known as a processor back there. Uh, The teams played in Seattle. They played great defense. They ran the ball with beast mode. And then Russell Wilson was able to make some deep throws off of play action. Now, that was supposed to be the formula this year. Sean Payton's been his own worst enemy, gotten away from the run game, not kept that pressure up on the defense, not allowing that play-action passing game to flourish. But Russell Wilson's never been a guy who's going to stand in the pocket and go from progression one, two, three, four. That's not his skill set. So if the Broncos thought that that was what was going to happen, uh, it's less about, for me, the disappointment of these two not coming together and more so about their completely inaccurate view of who Russell Wilson is as an NFL quarterback. Keep weighing in. Who's to blame for the early Broncos' lack of success at 888-729-3776 or on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at Chad Brown 94 like Joyce who says, I blame Walmart for the Broncos. My deliveries have been jacked up since they bought that team. It's been bad management. Is that where John Elway is now? Joyce, you win the day with that tweet based on the Broncos and their lack of success. Keep weighing in. Who's to blame for the lack of success so far this season at 888-729-3776. Be a part of ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season or blaming Russell Wilson season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'm Freddie Harry. 30 minutes from how did Pages quarterback Mac Jones finish this sentence? We're out there playing a game that we love. Right now it's not looking too good, but. That's in 30 minutes. And my Matt Chan Brown has the medicine to fix the Dallas Cowboys offense that I guarantee you have not heard and no one has been smart enough to say. Excuse me? That's right. There's no excuse. He's got it for you next on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas today on Freddie and Harry. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget to tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. Waiting to hear the medicine that the Cowboys better take, courtesy of Dr. Chad Brown, if they believe they're going to be that kind of team after what we saw from last Sunday when they weren't that kind of team. But people still believe in the Cowboys. Like Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner on 105.3 Defenders Radio Show. Uh, uh, he still believes in uh, Dak Prescott as his quarterback. In my mind, make no mistake about it, we have a quarterback that can get us there. Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. That's the way that's going to be. We have to do some changes from within. I'm not panicked, but the gap is some something tells you what it is. Uh, don't try to dream that it's something else. We can do better than what we did out there Sunday night. That's a given. Okay, so Jerry Jones still believes. Chad, I don't know if you believe or not, but before the show got started, you pointed out to me, Shannon Penn, Devin Kane, Mark Morales, our producers, that this should be the medicine to fix the Cowboys' offense. What is that medicine? All right, so the Cowboys, they've played four of the worst teams in football to get to their three and four record. So let's let's not confuse the winning record with somehow they've been playing great football. But for Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer, when you got a quarterback playing like Dak Prescott played, particularly against the 49ers, you've got to find a way to boost his confidence. Hmm. If the quarterback is not confident, that affects the entire football team. You need your quarterback to play with a level of security about himself, his game, his skill set, his standing on the team, his leadership. So for McCarthy and Schottenheimer, they have got to call plays to try to win the game, mm-hmm. but they've also got to call plays in a ways that will allow their quarterback to regain some of that confidence. If your quarterback has no swagger, I tell you what, is the weirdest feeling in the world. When you're in that locker room, before you head out to take the field as a game and you look over at your quarterback's locker and he looks nervous and he looks unsure, Oh, man, that, that, that unsurety goes all around the locker room. So, again, the coaching staff have got to find a way to put him in a place where he can be comfortable and confident and successful while also trying to call plays to win the football game. And in some ways, they're almost equal in my mind at this point okay. because you're not going to be able to win down the road if his confidence continues to erode. So you've got to find a way to get it going this week while you're trying to win. So if you're going to do that, and I love what you said in terms of, I don't know if it's so much of an indictment of Dak Prescott because he does not look like a confident quarterback, at least so far this year. Even in the three victories, they were able to run away and hide. The defense making some plays. The offense didn't completely screw it up. There was no way they were going to do that when the way they beat the Jets, the way they beat the Giants, they were able to do that the way they beat the New England Patriots. But it, it's sort of an indictment where you had to say that we got to make sure that Dak Prescott is in a more confident place. That should not be a conversation with that quarterback, with that team, with that talent. But I wonder how much of exactly he didn't look that part. When he got out there on Sunday night, I'm thinking, boy, that doesn't look like a guy. I'm not saying he wasn't ready, 
it looked like he wasn't ready for the moment again or putting too much pressure on himself in that moment, especially what happened the last couple of times, Chad, that they faced each other in the playoffs, and he did not play well when they lost at home. He did not play well when they lost in San Francisco at Levi Stadium. If they're having those kind of conversations, those kind of doubts about Dak Prescott, I wonder how much of that, chat has gone up the chain of command when it comes to the owner, Jerry Jones, no matter what he said about Dak Prescott on his radio show two days ago. I don't think there's no there, there's no two ways to put this. When you bring in a guy like Trey Lance, it's not because you want him to be learn from Dak Prescott. It's because you're thinking we have to have a plan B. If this guy can't take mm-hmm. us to the next level, we've got a plan B right here in place. A guy who we evaluated coming out of college, maybe thought very highly of him. Uh, you know, we'll have a chance to learn under Dak Prescott and maybe take over this thing. But again, you don't make those kind of moves if you're Jerry Jones. Okay. If you are so solid in your belief with Dak Prescott, as he said to start off the, at this clip here, I'm sorry, this segment mm-hmm. with that soundbite from him. So for uh, Dak Prescott, his standing with the organization, he's got to know it's not on solid ground. Okay. When, when he, if he Googles his name, what's the first thing that comes up? <laughs> Dak Prescott sucks. Dante <laughs> Whitner is talking trash yeah. about you and say you suck. Now, whether you believe you suck or not, I think it's you know that's up for question, but we can certainly discuss the lack of confidence, the poor performance, particularly against that 49ers defense. And, yes, even for the, the entirety of this season, you've played four of the worst teams in football and you exactly you haven't been lighting them up exactly you haven't been you know at your absolute best and even in those four games so it's a rough season for Dak Prescott and being a Dallas Cowboys quarterback comes with all kind of perks but sometimes it comes with the scrutiny as well and he's suffering from that right now. Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas joining me Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio and I'm speaking as a Dallas Cowboys fan I've said this before and I'll say it again when you're used to being front runners people question exactly how tough you are not just physically, but also mentally. And I've always wondered about that, the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones can pontificate here, can pontificate there, but it says everything I needed to find out about the Cowboys that Micah Parsons was the one guy that said, you know what, when we meet the 49s again, it ain't going to be like that. I didn't hear that from Dak. I didn't hear that from Mike McCarthy. I didn't hear that from Jerry Jones, the real leader of that team. Your quarterback should be on the same level of leadership with your football team, unless he's a guy just coming in like a Brock Purdy, then he's got a way to accumulate that leadership. Dak Prescott's been there longer than Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons stuck his chest down and said, yeah, whatever. We know you guys got us, but if we meet again, it ain't going to be like that. Laugh at us now, cry later. Nobody else said anything like that. To me, that's an additional problem when it comes to Dallas Cowboys. You should want your quarterback to say, they got us, but that ain't going to happen again. They got us good on Sunday night. That's not going to happen again. All Dak said was, this is the most humbling thing that I've ever been through playing football. And Micah Parsons was like, what? Wait a minute. That's not what you should be saying. If you're going to have us believe in you, then you got to start acting the part when it comes to Dak Prescott, a quarterback of the Cowboys. It's, but see, the, the key word in that sentence you just said, Freddie, it was acting. Acting the part and believing the part are two different things. I, I think when Al Pacino goes in for a role, he believes the part. He ain't acting the part. <laughs> Dak Prescott is trying to act the part because he's not confident. How could you be confident yeah. with the, the way this season has gone and with the way you finished last season? You know what the standard is. You know what the goal is. You know the team that you are trying to beat. Mm-hmm. And now two times in a row, they have put a whooping up on you, and you yourself had absolutely no answers for it. Here's a bigger problem for the Cowboys as well to help out the quarterback's confidence. You got a guy on your team called C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. that you drafted in the first round. 
why are you not being creative to get that playmaker the football? I'm not saying that CeeDee Lamb is going to have to get in touch with his inner Jamar Chase and says, I'm bleeping open all the time. And Cincinnati said, you know what? He's right. He's covered by two people, still open. Last couple of games, Jamar Chase led the Jamar Chase we're used to seeing with the Cincinnati Bengals. We talk about being a protective of your quarterback and making your quarterback better, and that's why Mike McCarthy decided to call plays and not have Kellen Moore do it. Well, if you're going to have that kind of creativity, where is it from the Dallas Cowboys? Because you could take a lesson from the team that beat the fool out of you on Sunday. Look how creative they were, the San Francisco 49ers, where you didn't know what Christian McCaffrey was going to be. You didn't know what George Kittle was going to line up. You didn't know what Debo Samuel was going to be. CeeDee Lamb is as much of a playmaker for the Cowboys like those three guys are. But you just line him up in the slot all the time. The defense, oh, there he is, 88. All right, we don't have to worry about him. We know where he's going to be. He's going to run the in route, run the out route, run the go route. They are not creative enough where you're not exactly helping out your quarterback. And to be honest, Dak's not helping himself either by making ill-advised throws and not making the right reads at times. But when I have playmakers on my team, I want my playmakers to get the football often. When you just put them in one spot where everybody knows where they are, who's that's not benefiting CeeDee Lamb, and for damn sure it's not benefiting your quarterback, and Mike McCarthy, you got to be better than as a play call as a coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I played for Bill Cowell. We, brought, we drafted a quarterback out of Colorado named Cordell Stewart. Cordell was one of the better athletes on the team. What do I do to get this guy who's not ready to play quarterback full-time onto the field? He creates the slash role, propels my Steelers into the Super Bowl. So the creative coaches will look at their roster and figure out how can we incorporate this guy into our game plan in ways that the defense doesn't expect. Now, when it was Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning, they were in the same spots every time Mm -hmm. because those two guys had such a connection. That's what needs to happen. They can still beat people with that. Right. When you're struggling like the Cowboys offense is, struggling like Dak Prescott is, give him some confidence. But also, to your point, move your playmakers around and create some special packages so this guy can get open and get himself going and get some juice going early in a ball game. Remember Dallas Cowboys? Dr. Chad Brown has the medicine. Take it or else. Remember you've been warned before you play Monday night on ESPN against the Los Angeles Chargers, whose offense coordinator is Kellen Moore, and I'm sure he wants to try to right that wrong at your expense. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at ChadBrown94. I am Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry today. Keep weighing in on the Dr. Pepper call line. We want to hear from you. What chance do you give the Denver Broncos tonight to beat the Kansas City Chiefs as that kicks off week six in the NFL, 888-729-3776, say ESPN. And speaking of week six, what Patriots player slash person said, they have to switch, flip the switch, excuse me, and have fun this week versus the Raiders, whose head coach used to be their offense coordinator. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The last two weeks, if you're counting, and we know you have been, the New England Page have been beaten to the tune of 72-3 to at the expense of the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. What do you see what Mac Jones had to say about that on Freddie and Harry? Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. In three minutes, I'll ask Chad Brown, who is it a bigger game for? Is it Bill Belichick or Mac Jones as the Pages get ready to take on the Las Vegas Raiders? But Mac Jones says it's very simple for the Pages to get back on that track. They just got to flip a switch. We're out there playing a game that we love. Right now, it's not looking too good, but we got to flip the switch, right, and start over and figure out ways to go out there and, and have fun and sling the ball around and um, guys go make plays and then celebrate with each other too. Like, we work so hard. It's been such a theme um, that, you know, we haven't really scored a lot of points, but when we do, we got to go out there and celebrate and enjoy it. You haven't scored a lot of points. In the last two weeks, you haven't scored any. <laughs> you scored three in the last two weeks. Anything above three would be a cause for a parade with the New England Patriots. But when I heard that, that's a quarterback trying to get a message to his coach saying that, you know what, we're not having fun because everything is under so much pressure and that's not how you want us to play. That's not how we're going to be successful. I've been inside that Patriots facility. I was there for year 13 and year 15 in my career mm-hmm. and it's the most pressure-packed environment I've ever been in from a football perspective. It was the best football environment, but of course we were winning. Right. Uh, so now for the Patriots to find themselves where they are, one and four, and their offense went for 20 points against the Eagles in game, game one, and then mm-hmm. 17 against the Dolphins, mm-hmm. and then 10 against the Jets, mm-hmm. and then three, and then nothing. Mm-hmm. So are they going to score negative this week <laughs> against the Raiders? Because they're finding ways to go backwards every single week. Uh, yeah, for, for, for Mac Jones to talk about flipping the switch, uh, I played 15 years in the league, and there is no wall switch that you can just flip easily. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a Madden button where you can press reset, <laughs> but there ain't no flip on the switch in the wall that you can just get things going like that. So it doesn't work that way. Uh, I I hate what's happening to the Patriots okay. because it puts a stain on the coach who I've always thought of since I coached, was coached by him, Bill Belichick, right. was the greatest coach I'd ever been around. Um, and now the conversation about Belichick or Brady, all that gets renewed. They're talking about firing Belichick in New England, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get him out of there before he tries to go after the all-time wins record and beat Don Shula. So all this controversy swirling around and conversations swirling around this Patriots team, I think only ratchets the pressure up a little bit more and makes it more difficult. So for Mac Jones hoping for a lighter atmosphere, I don't think that's coming anytime real soon. Yeah, it was never a light atmosphere, like you said, when they were winning because of the pressure, even though you learned so much about football that even Bill Belichick has forgotten more about football than people ever know. But when it comes to his future, and you mentioned it, Chad, about a minute ago, Peter King of NBC Sports, he was on Carlin versus Joe earlier today, and he talked about the future, that this continues. What could Robert Kraft, this owner of the Patriots, do regarding one Bill Belichick. The problem is I don't think anybody knows because Robert Kraft doesn't exactly open up to people, to other owners. 
you know, to other people around the league and say, here's what I'm thinking of. I think he talks to his son, Jonathan, and I don't know that he talks to many other people at all about what his plans are. But, Joe, I do believe that Robert Kraft, although he is very, very, uh, will always feel indebted to Bill Belichick, I don't think that he feels like uh, Bill Belichick's got a job for life. If this year is a debacle, I won't be surprised if he considers making a change. Because Robert Kraft let it be known before the season got started, Chad, that, hey, I'm not going to stand for another season of not just being a playoff-less team, but not even a team that people think about. Robert Kraft does not want the Patriots to become what they have been so far in the last couple of years, irrelevant when it comes to competing for a championship. And if it leaves us, if this is trending down, the way we've seen the Patriots scoring trending down so far in the NFL this season – Robert Kraft seems to be the kind of guy that will say, hey Bill, hey, Bill Belichick, just like Nino Brown said in New Jack City, business, Billy B, never personal. And if anybody should understand that, it's a guy like Bill Belichick when it comes to how he's dealt with players that he wanted to move on from them a year too early then keep them a year too late. I was, that's the exact point I was going to make. So for Bill Belichick to put himself in Robert Kraft's shoes and go, well, absolutely, it's a business decision. It's nothing personal. The same thing he told me in year 15 of my career when he released me four times. The last time he released me, Freddie, we were in the team dining hall. Hmm. He was eating grapes out of a Gatorade cup. He didn't even stop eating his snack to release me. That's how what? that's how lack of <laughs> of, of any personal what? feelings were involved, right? You're eating grapes. You did not pause between bites. Hey Chad, grape bite, choo choo choo. We got to release you. Hey, another couple of grape bites, choo choo choo. <laughs> we need some more speed on special teams. Blah 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 blah. We got health linebacker. We're not going to need you. You released me in the dining hall, dude. So for you to go through this wow. with your owner, uh, I'm not surprised the owner would look at it through the same lens with which you looked at the players. Wow. And so for uh, Lawyer Malloy, for Richard Seymour, you know, Richard Seymour wears a gold jacket. He's a Hall of Famer. Mm. You've managed to release him. So for all these guys who have gone to the Patriots and been released a year earlier than they probably should have been, uh, can recognize the writing on the wall. Bill Belichick should be recognizing the writing on the wall now because this is the program that he actually put in place for the players. Real quick, who is it a bigger game for this week versus the Raiders, the quarterback Mac Jones or Bill Belichick, the head coach? Bill Belichick, absolutely. He's got to find a way to quiet this conversation down because it's getting ugly out there. Yeah, well, it's gotten ugly. U-G-L-Y, there's been no alibi. It's been ugly, what, what, <laughs> ugly for the Patriots. Hey, hey Chad, what, were they green grapes or were they purple grapes? Uh, they were red grapes. Red grapes. Why am I surprised grapes. that Bill Belichick would eat red grapes? Uh, I remember the whole, it was Wait, a what green, seedless. I like red <laughs> grapes. Hopefully, it was, a, it was seedless. Obi wasn't spitting out seeds while he was cutting. Stop no, it. it was a green Gatorade cup, and it was red grapes. I got it all burned in my mind. Oh, good I can Lord. play the scene back and forth. <laughs> we'll play the scene now when it comes to the Chiefs and the Broncos not having a chance to beat them tonight. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.